Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. I am your host, Dayton Tolbert. Uh, back live today. I took a little bit of time off, uh, spending time with family, you know, doing some other things. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, I was chilling, you know, with the wife, um, hanging out with the kids. And we said, you know, let's watch a movie. And, you know, I've been hearing different people talk about this movie, this film called Napoli Ever After. And, you know, I, you know, some of these Netflix films are, you know, kind of kind of cheesy. I said, you know, I don't know if I want to watch it. But just with the whole, you know, you guys know here on this show, me in general, you know, social media, I've over the years had a lot of different conversations around, you know, black hair, wigs, weaves, uh, braids, and, you know, just how uh, men think about them, how we feel about them as it relates to, you know, dating, relationships, and, and, and you know, that things of that nature. And so I figured I would watch it. I would watch the film, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. Um, I like Sanaa Lathan as an actress, um, you know, just from her career. I like her as an actress. So, you know, and I was I was surprised at the film, though, and, and how uh, accurate it it depicted, um, you know, the 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 nasty side, the ugly side of how many women, many African-American women, have been conditioned to believe that hair is what defines them. You know, hair is, is a, you know, a, a major component to, you know, who they are. You know what I mean? And so I was, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised at the film, um, you know, and, how, and what, it, what it did, what it showed. It was very accurate in my opinion. So I wanted to talk about it. I want to, I want to talk about it today. Um, I want to talk about wigs. I want to talk about weaves. I want to talk about colorism a little bit. I want to talk about sex. I want to talk about um, – there was an interesting debate yesterday over in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group about um, a, woman's, a woman's sexual number. And I want to talk about the role that that plays in uh, dating and relationships. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. I also want to talk about some current events, some things that are going on in politics, some things with uh, social – media, race relations, and we'll talk about Kanye West, uh, Donald Trump a little bit, you know, that whole stuff. Got to get that out the way. But I think you guys will be really um, entertained and, you know, uh, to, to really hear um, my take on on hair. You know, I, I talk about it here and there, but this is going to be one of those centralized shows that I really – because a lot of people are like, oh, you think this, you think that. But, no, I really want to explain in great detail how I feel, but also how a lot of men feel about the role that your hair plays in your chances of finding love and how men view you and subsequently treat you. So that's what I want to do today. Um, you know, in fact, over the years, if you look at, you know, this show, uh, you know, if you look go all the way back, I've done a lot of shows analyzing films and TV shows, like What Chili Wants um, and just how that whole thing, you know, that show was on, what the, how that illustrated the, the struggle that many women face when, you know, as far as being found. I did a special on Waiting to Exhale, Why Did I Get Married, you know, uh, Love Jones, uh, Being Mary Jane, more recently Insecure, discussing Issa Rae's character. So this is, you know, what I'm going to do today is by no means anything new. And, um, you know, it's just another opportunity to tackle this subject from a, uh, you know, just a different perspective. So that's what I want to do. Let, let's start out though with um yeah you know, I just and I don't want to talk about this a lot but 
we have, when you turn on the TV, you know what I mean? Like, there's so much negativity. You know, there's so much anger going on. You know, we got the midterm elections coming on. And one thing I want to say, one of the things I want to say first is, in my opinion, politics should not dictate your day-to-day level of happiness. You know, if you really think about, like, if Donald Trump does something stupid or if he says something stupid, that doesn't make me upset. That doesn't make me have a bad day. Like, if Kanye West says something crazy, I'm not, that's not going to, like, affect me to the point where I'm pissed off at my friends, I'm defriending people, unfriend. Like, that's not, it shouldn't be like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is not, that's what the media is here for, is to stir up emotions, is to get you riled up, you know, get you scared and, you know, living in fear and anxiety and anger. That's really what the the, the mainstream media is there for. Those are the types of things that, bring about ratings and advertising dollars. So don't fall into that trap. You know, um, you know, we got these midterm elections. Everybody's going crazy. Most people won't vote, but everyone's going crazy. Oh, you got to vote. You got to vote. Here's one thing about voting. This is the thing. I don't care if you vote. Okay. I really don't. I don't care if you vote. I don't, I don't care who you vote for. If you vote, I don't care who you vote for. I think we, we've gotten away from that. Before the focus was, hey, you know, let's really, you know, exercise our right to vote. Let's, you know, let's take back something that was taken away from us many years ago, the right to be a, a, a participant in this system, you know, and we have that right, you know, and so that's what it was for back then. Now it's not about voting. People want to make it seem like, oh, you know, you should vote, you should vote. I want everybody to vote. People don't care if you vote or not. Be clear about that. No one cares if you vote. People only care about you voting for the person that they want you to vote for. Right? I mean, let's keep it. Everybody say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. You're not going to tell someone to go vote. If you know they're a Republican and they support Donald Trump, you're not going to say, hey, make sure you vote today. You don't want that person to vote. So let's not just act like, oh, we want everyone to vote because it's the right thing to do. No, we want people to subscribe to our particular agenda. I mean, and that's and I just want people to be honest about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's fine if that's what it is, but let's just be honest. Don't don't act like you care, you know, about voter turnout because if everybody's voting Republican, you want there to be low voter turnout. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if you're if you're a, a Democrat, you know, and what's one of the things that I find to be interesting is that a lot of times when people vote, they are not they have not educated themselves on these candidates. Because, you know, you go in, you close the little curtain, and you see, okay, John Smith versus, you know, Michael Graham. It's like, okay, you don't know who John Smith is. You don't know who Michael Graham is, but you say you're just going to pick. Now, John Smith could be the Democrat. Michael Graham could be the Republican. But guess what? John Smith could be the the KKK Grand Wizard, and you don't know. But because he's a Republican, because the mainstream media has conditioned us to believe the Republican is synonymous with, with blackness, which is ridiculous, you know, or, you know, Democrats. So, so it's like, you know what I mean? We're just pressing buttons. We're just pressing buttons based on what we think is the right thing to do. But if we are not doing our research, we shouldn't be voting. That's what I do. I, I keep it real. I'm not, see, I'm not here to be bullied. I may vote, I may not vote. 
You know, if I feel strongly enough about a particular topic, a particular candidate, and I want to endorse that candidate, then that's what I'm going to do. But I'm not just going to go in and start pressing buttons just to put, put on a little sticker on my on my chest and, and post it to Facebook and let my friends and followers know that, hey, I voted. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just really think about how ridiculous that is. And that's ironically, that's exactly what many people do. They, don't, they just go in there and press buttons. They put the sticker on. They take a selfie. Voted. Oh, hey, guys, I voted. Like, who cares? Not, not you know, I've, I'm passionate about this particular topic, and this person, you know, uh, I really want to support this person because this is what I'm passionate about, and let's, I hope you guys support this person. It's not about the topics or the issues of the platform. It's about, hey, I'm cool because I, I voted. I have a little sticker. So I could go on about that all day, but I won't. Um, what else? This, let me, real quick. Uh, this whole there's a lot going on. I'm sorry because there's so much that's happened over the last few weeks since the last time I was live. But this whole transgender thing, you know, is uh, like Donald Trump has this new legislation. He's introducing some legislation that says, you know, that wants to make it, um, you know, whatever you were born as, that's what you basically are. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of opposition to that. There is, you know, some obviously going to be debates and protests and things like that. Um, I, I agree with that, guys. I feel like, and I put this on Facebook, and it, you know, it looks like a lot of people seem to agree with this statement that I would think would be common sense, common knowledge. But, you know, basically if you are, you know, if you're a man, you know, if you're born a man, then that's what you are, right? You know what I mean? Like if you're born a woman then that's what you are. That's the bathroom that you should use. That's the, the little box you should check off, you know, on a job application or whatever else. You know, I, evidently there's some new law in New York where you're able to classify yourself as gender X. What the heck is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, seriously, really, like, what is that? Gender X? And people support this. Though. And see, that's what I'm talking about, like, with this whole voting thing. And this is why I know it gets a little controversial, but, like, me personally, I can't support legislation or candidates who support legislation that endorse gender X. I don't believe that's not biblical. It's not natural. To me, it's not even sensible. So I'm not going to support you, you know what I mean, if you're running on a platform that says, hey, hey, let's – Let's make it legal to call yourself gender X. Let's do away with male, you know, men bathrooms, female bathrooms, and put gender X bathrooms. No, guess what? We're not going to do that. And if we are going to do that, which I'm sure they are going to do that, I'm not going to support that. So that's just me. Um, but, yeah, it's getting crazy out here. You know, and if I could briefly, uh, Kanye West, you know, everyone's talking about Kanye West. Here's a question I have. And I guess I'm a little baffled by, like, I shouldn't say I'm not baffled at all. I, I know what it is and why it's happening, but it's 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 a little strange to see so many intelligent people, you know, not identifying this whole Kanye West circus as a distraction from the real issues. You know, like for example, Kanye West is all of a sudden crazy 
because he supports Donald Trump. Kanye West is, is you know, is loved and, and admired and all this other stuff. And I talked about this on my last show briefly, but all these other great things, this musical genius. But ever since he supported Donald Trump, he's quote-unquote crazy. And I don't subscribe to that way of thinking. Kanye West has issues, just like a lot of celebrities have issues, but I'm not going to call someone crazy for, you know, having opinions that happen to be different from what we have been conditioned to all believe as, as African Americans. You know what I mean? Supporting Donald Trump doesn't make you crazy. Supporting Donald Trump doesn't make you um, anything other than some. It's like that's what you feel, and if you can articulate that, you know what I mean. I'm I'm fine. I may not agree with you, but I'm not going to say, "Oh, you're crazy for that." I think it's crazy for Christians to support abortion and homosexuality. But I'm not going to call you crazy because you voted for Obama. I'm not. You know, I'm not going to do that. But if you read the Bible, you know, and you read the Old Testament, that you know that would be crazy to support things that God hates. You know, if you see the the type of anger that that you know, puts in, in God, I would think that would be crazy. But, you know, supporting someone who is not popular in the mainstream media, that's not my definition of crazy. You know, people out here killing babies, um, using abortion as, as a form of contraception. You know, what it was that uh, partial board, supporting partial birth, uh, you know, abortions. You know, I don't know if you guys know about that, like where they, they cut the spines of of babies who survived abortions. You know, a lot of Democrats and liberals, they support that, you know. And so that's not, you know I mean, like to me, that's the type of stuff that's crazy. You know, people out here bashing Trump, bashing Kanye West and other people. But let's, you know, let's all be individual thinkers. You know, we're coming to a place where, you know, the media is getting more and more influence over our our minds. You know, people walking around out here like mindless zombies, listening to their music 24-7, believing any and everything the media puts out there. It's like there's, they don't want us to be individual thinkers. They don't want us to have our own opinions. You know, I always say, you know, imagine if people complain, people complain and complain. Like, imagine if people actually complain to their local politicians and community leaders as much as they complain about the president, as much as they complain that the media is putting out there. I mean, forget them. Oh, Donald Trump did this, but, but what did your local neighborhood drug dealer do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what's going on with the gangs in your own neighborhood? What can you do to stop that? You know, I was driving through the hood the other day, and I took a picture. I'm going to upload it on Facebook. But it's, I mean, this is not even just one thing, but I took a picture of one particular makeshift, um, you know, what do you call those things, like a memorial. So, you know, hood memorials where you see, like, little teddy bears. And I'm just like, wow. Like, you know, they're taped to the, the, the pole, the light pole, where there was someone got shot right in the hood. And it's like, yo. Like, someone died there. You know what I mean? Like, someone's, someone's life was taken. People's families were destroyed right there. And, and, and But the thing about it is I saw many of those had some business to take care of in the hood. I'm driving around. It's like one, two. I just happened to take a snapshot of one in particular, but they're all over. And so my point is, it's like, we're talking about Kanye West 
when people are actually dying out here, like every day, like in the hoods, and, and people are not as, not going to say they don't care, but they're not as passionate, at least not on social media, about those things as they are things that the mainstream media says we should be passionate about, like Kanye West or Donald Trump or whoever else. You know, I said people are mad at Kanye, but they love celebrities that glorify sex, drugs, violence, you know, Molly, date rape, Percocets, you know, Zannies, you know what I mean? Gang banging, the cult, gang violence, gang, the, that gang life culture. Snoop Dogg, Lil Wayne, Rick Ross. People who are openly telling you, I'm affiliated with the Bloods, I'm affiliated with the, the Crips. You know, they are literally throwing up gang signs. You know, and, P, and these are the most requested songs on the radio. They're the most popular songs in the black community. And we love these people. You know, they, these concerts sell out. Powerhouse, if you guys are from Philly, you know, if you're not from Philly, Powerhouse is one of the main concerts of the year. You know, Power 99 is the, one of the main urban stations here in Philly. That's tomorrow night here in Philly. Now, if you look, I don't even know the lineup, but if you look at the lineup, it's filled with nothing but negativity. You know, criminals, drug dealers, drug users, people glorifying sex, drugs, violence. It's like the, the Wells Fargo Center here in Philadelphia with the Sixers, but that's going to be packed. It's going to be packed with people, screaming fans, adoring fans that come cheer on these people, find nothing but sex, drugs, and violence amongst our youth. And, but people want to bash Kanye West, but have nothing to say about these other artists. That is a Kanye West, to my knowledge, has never been arrested, never been in any type of major trouble. But they, but because he supports Trump, he's hated. But all these other celebrities that glorify sex, drugs, and violence are are loved. No one sees a problem. That's what's crazy. If we're talking about craziness, you know what I mean. Just to keep it honest with y'all. But no one's gonna say that because that's not what's cool. Kanye West used to be cool, but he's not cool anymore because the media says he's not cool. Speaking of cool. I just got to, I know y'all want to talk about, I'm going to talk about Napoli Ever After. I'm going to get, but this is crazy to me. This is, I've been doing this for a long time, okay? I am the original urban podcast in this country. I've been doing some research. I've been kind of saying it, but not really standing by it, because I want to make sure, this is the original urban podcast. You know what I mean? Let's be clear about that, all right? And since I've, my point is, since I've been doing this, this is probably the most craziest thing I've ever seen, period. I was so look at you look at Donald Trump. Donald Trump is probably the most hated um president according to the mainstream media thus far. Prior to that, the most hated president was arguably George Bush. If you got and this wasn't so long ago. Okay? But a few, just a few years ago. George and I grew up. I'm I'm am 40, so I'm old enough to rem- to really have seen this happen right in front of my eyes. Back then, and many of you are too. George Bush, both of them really, but mainly W, was viewed really at that time in a worse way by the black community than Donald Trump. Well, maybe not at worse, but 
as badly as he was viewed as a racist. I mean, you know, viewed as not caring about black people, just, um, you know, him and Dick Cheney, just that whole administration, the policies, just racist. That's what it was. Like, am I the only person that remembers that? Okay. This is not something I'm making up. If you are old enough to remember it, that's how the way everyone is looking at Trump is the way people were looking at Bush. That's a fact. That's what was happening. So now, and it, my point is when you turn on your TV and I see Michelle Obama hugging George Bush, you know, laughing with George Bush, calling him her partner in crime and how he's a great person, you know, he, he's, it's amazing because to me it literally speaks directly to the power of the media and the brainwashing of the media and how they can literally flip a switch and make someone cool and they can flip a switch and make someone uncool. They can flip a switch and make someone a racist. They can flip a switch and make someone the best person in the world. And no one questions it. No one debates it. That's just Michelle Obama hugs, you know, she gets some candy at the funeral from George Bush, and, and magically, he's cool. He's now accepted by us again. Where do they do that at? How does that happen? I mean, does anyone not see a problem with that? George Bush is a great man, according to Michelle Obama. I'm done. You know what I mean? Like, whereas, what's next? What's next? A few years from now, will we'll him and Hillary Clinton, who used to be best friends, doing all types of business deals, will they now make up and then become best friends in their old age? You know what I mean? What are we going to see next? So, man, so let, me, let me move on, man, because, you know, I know, I know y'all don't want to hear that. But I just found out, I just want to share that because I found it extremely funny. And it's like no one even looks at it. No one even, like, bats an eye. It's like, wow, okay, wow, okay, yeah, Michelle Obama and George Bush hugging. Imagine Obama and Trump playing golf, you know, 10 years from now, laughing and joking, having a beer. Like, that's how, that's as crazy as that would be. As crazy as that sounds now, that's how crazy it is for Michelle Obama to be hugging George Bush. Somebody's he's a great man. I don't know, man. Let me, what else, what else? It's a lot going on out here. Um... One thing I'll say is that I came across a Malcolm X quote, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, Malcolm X taught us a lot about liberals, about politics in general, but specifically about liberals and how, in in his words, and I'm paraphrasing, they are more dangerous than conservatives, white conservatives and white liberals. Are more, the, the, the liberals are more dangerous because they have positioned themselves in a in a manner that it's easier for them to market themselves as being, you know, our friend as African Americans, having our best best interests at heart, when we all should know by now that that's not the case. You know what I mean? So and, and just do some research on that, you know. I mean he's he's respected. You know, so it's like people like to reference Malcolm X in certain you know, Doctor King, Malcolm X in certain conversations, but not in other conversations. Can I just real quick say something about before I go on I think that we have to also with social media, you know, I try not to be a fake person. You know what I mean? Like, 
if you don't like someone, like for example, if you if you don't like someone's political views, you don't like someone and what they're talking about, what they post about, or just in general, you just don't care for someone. In my opinion, you shouldn't be following them on social media. And I post I posted this online. I don't feel like you should be fake. Like I'm not gonna like me personally. If I don't like you, I'm not gonna follow you on social media. I'm not gonna be your Facebook friend. We might know each other, but if I don't like you, I'm not gonna follow you. If I don't like you, I'm to be honest, I'm not gonna allow you to follow me. You know, and I don't. I mean, what is it about social media that we feel like we're obligated? to be friends with someone on social media, even if you, just because you know them, you may not like them or care for them or really can't stand them. Or something, in many cases, they're, they're, enemy, you're, they're your enemy. But you, you, they're your quote-unquote Facebook friend. What is that? I don't know. I just wanted to, I thought that was interesting. Um, what else? There's so many random things. I kind of just jot down over the weeks and different days, you know, since I'm not live. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll talk about that. But, you know, what else? Everyone, remember Donald Trump sent out a, sent out a, a text message a few weeks ago, and everybody went crazy. <laughs> like, oh my God, why is he like literally every post on? And I have a lot of Facebook friends. Every single post on my timeline was about Donald Trump sending out this text message. It's like I don't want you texting me. Why are you texting me? This and that. People were really mad about this. And I said, really, come on, stop it. We have. Like, I'll just talk to the ladies for a second. Ladies. If you got random dudes, niggas, hitting you up, you know what I mean, talking about some 2 o'clock in the morning, you up, you sleep yet, what you doing? Hey, stranger. Hey, sexy. Hey, beautiful. What's up? What's going on? Can I come see you? Can you stop over? What you doing? Like, if you get those types of texts from stragglers that you've had from the last 10 to 20 years, and you got those dudes hitting you up, I said, let's please stop with the the fake anger and the fake outrage over Donald Trump sending out a some type of presidential text message that every single person in this country got. You, know, you got actual dudes targeting you for sex, trying to make you their Friday night freak, their Friday night jump off, and you want—I mean, you know what I mean? Married men trying to make you their, you know, <laughs> their jump off. And you mad about Trump, but you're not mad at me. You texting back, what do you want? You know what I mean? What you, what you, what you texting me out the blue for? You mad about Trump, but you're not mad at that. You responding, you going back and forth with, you know what I mean, somebody from college that used to be your jump off? You know, that's crazy to me. You know, it, it's a lot of stuff going on out here, man. People are mad. They say Trump is a nationalist, or he called himself a nationalist. No, listen. I'm not. I don't care if he calls himself Darth Vader. I'm not. It's that. That's him. And my thing is, if you if you think that we have had or will ever have a president that has not bought into this racist, uh, you know, imperialistic, uh, oppressive agenda that this government has for our people, if you think that we're going to have someone who is just totally for us, that's straight delusion, okay? Either they're blatantly racist themselves or they have subscribed to the racist agenda of this country. It's one of the two. 
You know, but one way or the other, you know what I mean, this government, this society is not for us. So I don't care if Trump calls himself a nationalist. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what does that mean for me? What is, how does that affect me? You know, it is what it is. What else is going on? Should I should I talk about Napoli Ever After? Oh, real quick, I'm gonna talk about Napoli Ever After because this is gonna be that's gonna be a good conversation. Let me shout out the uh, I see some people on Facebook Live, some people on uh, on uh, the Blog Talk Network system. Shout out to everybody listening syndication on iTunes, uh, different places around the world. I appreciate the support. Every one thing, one last thing that I want to touch on politically, and this isn't really politically, it's more socially, but T.I. Now, I was talking to one of my friends, and uh, actually, Tariq, he, uh, shout out to him. He, uh, we were talking about T.I., and uh, we, we've had conversations in the past as far as lyricism goes. I feel like he's one of the top lyricists in hip-hop and has been for quite some time now. And he was asking me, do you still, you know, like him as an artist? after him bashing, you know, Trump and, you know, Melania and, you know, you know, things like that. And I said that, yeah, well, I said, well, you, and I think this is a problem in America. We equate politics to popularity. You know what I mean? Like, we will stop supporting someone based on their political views. You know, it's like, like for example, um, somebody could be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Republican, I support Trump. But they have a new movie coming out, so I'm not I'm not supporting that movie because he supports Trump. Like, what do you mean? That's it's a movie. His movie has nothing to do with politics. You know what I mean? Or I'm in office. You what? You're not going to buy my book because I, I you don't like what I said about abortion, or you don't like what I had to say about whatever I'm talking about in that moment. If you support someone, you support someone. I'm not going to not buy a Kanye West CD. If, I mean, I'm not into his music anyway. But if I was, I'm not going to not buy his CD because of his political views. To me, that's not, you know what I mean? People should be able to express themselves. You know what I mean? It's like my bank teller. They could be, they could have different political views than me. But guess what? You're still going to give me my money. You know what I mean? I'm still going to go to you. I'm not going to not go to your window to pull out some money that I need because of your political views. You know, it doesn't matter. What's going on here, man? Let's. What else is? But yeah, so so Ti. I think he he's been very. I followed him. I've seen interviews with him on the Breakfast Club. Interviews with him do, saying different things. But I feel like he crossed the line here. Um, I feel like what he did with you know he had to put out a video where he was basically mocking Melania Trump. Um, he had a a, a, a stripper look-alike, you know, he was in the Oval Office, he had a woman that looks like Melania Trump, who was dancing for him naked, that's not, I mean, for me, like, that's not okay, and to be quite honest with you, I'm not even as mad at T.I., and I'm not even mad at all, to be quite honest with you, I really don't, could care less, um, but what what really was the point of this whole thing for me was the fact that is the hypocrisy of the black community. To be honest with you, the hypocrisy is what I have an issue with. The hypocrisy of imagine if that was a, 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 a black impersonator looking and dancing like Michelle Obama. You know, imagine the outrage. Imagine the calls for boycotts. Imagine the just the anger 
that people would have seeing a white artist disrespecting a black woman in that way. But because it's Trump, but because it's Melania, you know, it's not a problem. It's, oh, well, you know, they've been doing this and that for years. They've been disrespecting Michelle Obama, this this and that, or she used to pose naked, so it's not a big deal. But it's like, again, imagine if it was Michelle Obama. There's no, I mean, right is right and wrong. wrong. You You can't be hypocritical. That's the you can't be hypocritical, you know what I'm saying? If it's if it's not okay to bash and, and disrespect Michelle Obama, support Trump or not, it's not right to bash Melania Trump and to disrespect her as a woman. Yes, she used to be a stripper, but then again, so were some of y'all. I mean, no disrespect, but you know what I mean? No disrespect, but a lot of women, you know, back in the day and even currently, you know. Slid down poles A lot of women Allowed trains to be ran on them By niggas in college You know some of y'all Are on on, You know tape You know some of y'all might Pop up randomly on amateur The amateur section on Pornhub let's just you know keep it Keep it real You know so I'm not here to judge What Melania Trump did 20 years ago you know what I mean? Just like I'm not here to judge what some of y'all did 20 years ago. You know, but let's just, you know, let's, people want to act like this. And I, I'm going to get into it when I talk about Nebula Vask. I don't have to say about that. But, you know, I feel like everyone is entitled to a fresh start. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and if you're not willing to give that fresh start, that's fine. You don't like somebody, that's fine. But be consistent. That's it. So no, I don't. I don't support what Ti did uh, with that video. I thought that was taking a little bit far. If you want to bash Trump, fine. He's a he's a politician. He's you know I mean he's in the hot seat. But attacking you know his son, people have been talking about his son who has some issues. Attacking his wife, that's kind of like how I feel when I do. Like I I go back and forth with people sometimes on social media, Facebook, and some of these little private groups. I I don't care. I literally could care less. You know, but when you attempt, mention my wife, or I, you mention my kids, that's, you know, that's not, I don't care what people say about me. You guys know that. But don't bring people who are unrelated into the into the equation. But I feel like that's what T.I. did here. So that's, that's basically uh, what's going on in the world. There's a, as you see, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on. Continue to pray for the nation. We got uh, midterm elections coming up. We got bombs being delivered to houses. If that's even real, I'm not 100% sure that's even real, to be quite honest with you. CNN and these people are so full of it. You know what I mean? I, I don't put none of this stuff past. I mean, certain things are very coincidental, but I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, if it's real, pray for, pray for uh, our leaders uh, and pray for the country. So... Let's let's talk about Napoli Ever After. Let's talk about black women and their hair choices. Isn't this what y'all want? Isn't this what we've been we've been coming towards for years now? I've done shows specifically on black hair in the past, but it's been several years. Probably have to go back to Gerald and Courtney and even Yolanda, where we really focused on it back in the day. But I'm not sure I've done 
In fact, I know I haven't done a show by myself uh, discussing black hair. So I just want to do a 2007, or excuse me, 2018 going into 19 uh, version or edition of my thoughts on, on black hair. <clears throat> Let me start off with this. So this is what I put on Facebook. I said I'm watching, and I put this in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group. Add yourselves if you're not in there already. Some really good discussions. But I said that, you know, I'm watching Nathalie Ever After, and I said that Sanaa Lathan's character is a psycho and represents the type of woman every great black man, Christian man, who is seeking a wife, seeking an emotionally stable and emotionally available, God-fearing personality, you know, that's, if that's what he's seeking, she represents the type of woman that we all collectively want to stay far, far away from. Now, that statement, I can t- I already know, rubbed many African-American women the wrong way. But I want to talk about it because, unfortunately, and I really mean that word, unfortunately, many women of color look at those women shown in, in the shows that I mentioned before, like Insecure, uh, Being Mary Jane, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder. They look at these these characters as, quote, unquote, strong black women. <clears throat> but to me, those are not strong black women if they're weak emotionally, if they're damaged emotionally, Okay. If you have a woman like Sanaa Lathan's character, who I'm going to really break down um, in great detail, but if you have a woman like that who is very successful, uh, successful at what is it, advertising executive, um, you know, educated, you know, master's degree, big house, nice car, the whole nine, that's great. But we have been brainwashed, we've been conditioned into believing that because you have these material things, that those things make you, quote, unquote, successful. If you look at other countries, if you look at other cultures, material goods don't make you successful. Your family makes you successful. Your husband makes you successful. Your children, how you're viewed by your village, the way you're able to hunt, the way you're able to contribute, the way you're able to keep a home, those are the things that in African cultures historically – have rendered a woman, quote-unquote, successful, not individual accomplishments. In fact, the African-American community is the only culture that looks at individual accomplishments from women as a determining factor of success. Look at some of these Japanese families, okay? Look at some of these Vietnamese families who have settled here in this country, Um, Koreans, they're not, their level of success is based on their businesses, their, fa- their family businesses, how they're able to support their husbands, how they're able to raise their kids, you know, their family. It's all, we are the only society that uplifts the strong, single black woman. What is it? You don't see people, you know, if a white woman is single, if you see an Asian woman single, they're not bragging about it. They're not boasting about it. Black women, the only race, the only culture that, that, that brags about not having love and brags about not having family, you know, or in, bragging about instability, that's, not, that's really exclusive to us. And we have to get away from that. 
And so if you look at and it's unfortunate because the media knows this, the system, the powers that be know this. That's why they keep putting out these images, these images of these quote-unquote strong black women, these single damaged weirdo women like Olivia Pope, Gabrielle Union, and being Mary Jane, these promiscuous women like Issa Rae. They keep throwing these images at us, and, and we just latch onto them. Back in the day, there was Claire Huxtable. There was Whitley from a uh, different world. There were so many different examples of strong black women who were also in family, a strong, stable family environment, raising kids with a great husband who worked and was responsible and trustworthy. They, are, they have done away with that. There's a new model in place. They are, I mean, it's obvious. If you don't see it, I don't know what to tell you. But th- that's what they're doing. They're shifting that. That's why you're seeing so many young girls who are damaged, really messed up emotionally because they're they're idolizing these these this new generation of entertainers like Nicki Minaj and Cardi B and Beyonce. These people whereas back in the day it was it was Aretha Franklin encouraging black women to respect themselves. You know, now it's you know what I mean it's these weirdos singing about, you know, getting cheated on and being the mistress and all this other stuff that, that we should not be teaching our little girls. So her character it is just my point is she's another representation of that. Who as a child she grew up it looks like she grew up in a her father and mother were not together. So she grew up not having the not having a good example of how a man should treat a woman, right? A husband should treat a wife, but instead she had a mother who really did a number on her emotionally in regards to her hair. You know, just, you know, telling her hair was, it, it's what defined her. It was going to what determined, ultimately determined her beauty or lack thereof. The hair always had to be done. It had to be straight, had to be permed. It had to be a certain way. You're going to be single. You're not going to have love. No one's going to want you. And that's what she grew up believing. And unfortunately, many of our young girls are also growing up in the same manner. And so not only does that damage them emotionally as children, but as they get older, they take that same damage mentality into relationships, into dating situations. That same emotional wall exists. And because of that wall, men are not going to see that and say, oh, wow, yeah, you have this wall up. Yeah, you have this guard up. Yeah, you have this complex about your hair. You know, but let me go ahead and try to bang that wall down. Let me try to, you know, get through that wall and get to your heart somehow. And what's happening is they say, okay, but, yeah, you still got a fat ass. You got some nice breasts. You got a cute face. So I'm just going to partake in you from the physical standpoint, and all, and you can deal with all that emotional stuff on your own. And that's what's happening. And so what I would advise many women to do is is to, to, to deal with those issues, to heal from those issues before dating. Don't try to date when you know you have these, these issues. That's why I've been doing relationship counseling for the last almost 20 years now. You know what I mean? Because there's so many women that have, that have different, uh, whether it's daddy issues, emotional issues, soul ties, different things, complexes related to hair, you know, different things they've done sexually. And that they take that into dating, they take that into relationships, and that just causes an even bigger problem. 
So I don't want y'all to take this show or shows like it as quote-unquote bashing women. This isn't about bashing anyone. This is about, you know, recognizing, hey, there's an issue out here. You know, black women, many black women are victims of an attack by the system to render you unwifeable. They, they, are, they are putting these people in place, these, these people of influence like Beyonce and Cardi B and Nicki Minaj and all these people, they're putting them, a position, putting them in positions of influence so that they can, well, allow you to latch on to them, emulate them, live vicariously through their music, and then who's going to want to deal with that? See, what people need to understand is women, you know, we'll talk about this when we get into the whole you know, uh, you know, uh, sexual number. You know, men will tell you if you really listen, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's in different relationship forums, different. I mean, it's not a lot of avenues where women can uh, really get an accurate understanding of how men feel, that, and that's done by design. But if you're fortunate enough to to hear a show like this, uh, you know, barbershop talk segments where men are actually keeping it real with you. You will actually, men will tell you exactly what we want. Remember years ago, who remembers that Nightline special they did with Steve Harvey? And uh, I think it was just with Steve Harvey, and there was a couple other people on the panel, but it was Why Are So Many Black Women Think? And if you look at that, that panel, that was really, at the time, it was quote unquote groundbreaking. I'm like, what do you mean? I've been doing this show with my barbershop talk guys for years prior to that, but you know, on the national level, they said, that's groundbreaking because we've never heard how black men feel about dating and relationships. I'm like, what? But, but who, did, who was on that panel? Who remembers? I think it was Steve Harvey. It was a gay dude. It was like another dude, you know what I mean, who Steve Harvey at the time was basically selling millions of books. Obviously, the gay dude isn't going to give you an accurate depiction of what's going on. At that time, all the Tyler Perry movies were super popular, and we all know he's a gay man that's just ready to come out of the closet any day now. So it's like, you know, on a national level, no one really knew what was going on. It, it really going on with what black men are seeking in a wife. And it's sad because what happens is if when men, because my point is when men, act, real men like myself and other men like me, when we actually tell you, hey, look, this is what we want, this is what we don't want, instead of just listening. So anyway, and I give credit, a lot of women will listen, but Unfortunately, so many women, instead of listening, they will say, well, no, this isn't what you this. That's not how it should be. You should want this. But that's not what should be important. That's not what should happen. You should, you should just do that. You should be accepting. Why does my hair matter? Why does my sexual number matter? Why does this and that? It's like, whoa, sweetheart, I'm telling you what I want. I'm a married man telling you what other married men seek in a wife. If you're 35 and single, if you're 40 and single, doing things a certain type of way, and somebody's saying, hey, you may want to do things a different way, you don't want to argue with that, man. You don't want to debate with that, man. You want to just take that information in. So just think about that. Instead of being defensive, instead of trying to argue, you know, and say, well, no, nah, you should, you know, why, why, should, why can't I wear a weed? Why, why should that matter? Hey, just listen. Now, Another thing I said about the film, I said any woman that even remotely resembles her personality and actions in the film is guaranteed to be single. Let me tell you why I say that, okay? Let me tell you one thing. 
if you look at, she was a successful woman. She was in a relationship with the dude. She had the, the you know, the doctor. He was, he seemed to be, we don't, we didn't, you know, know too much about him in the beginning, but he seemed to be a nice guy, caring, in love with her. Um, <clears throat> you know, they were, you know, they were, they'd been together, I think, for what, two years. And, it, you know, it seemed like everything was going well, but because that biological clock was ticking, she said, you know what? You don't love me. You're never going to marry me. You know, he got her, what, a, a, a dog instead of a ring that she felt like she deserved at that time. And she said, you know, I don't want to be with you. Now, this is the problem. And if you, if you ask any man, if you ask any man out here, he will tell you, you say, what's your number one pet peeve about women? What's your number one, you know, thing that really, you know, is a turnoff? Or what are you experiencing out here in the dating field? Most women will tell you, or excuse me, most men will tell you, these women out here, they've become so damaged by, by dealing with the wrong men that they're not able to recognize a good man when they see one. Right, and what happens is, and that's what we see here in this film. The man was a good man. He might not have been the perfect man. They might not have been had a perfect relationship. But what happened was, she ended it because she thought that he was using her. She thought that she could do better. She could not recognize that she was with a man that loved her and wanted to be with her. Instead of working on that situation, instead of being patient, she ended it, and and that started the the the, her, the spiral out of control that we see throughout the film. Let's see what happened after that. So, and let me just say this about the film. I, I put this on Facebook. I said, the, and I'm going to read it. She said, the I, me, I said the movie was actually very well done in my opinion. Great acting, great storyline, and production. I like how. Uh, it didn't force her to end up with either of those men, which I'll talk about towards the end. But I said that it showed her how her actions and overall level of mental and emotional instability resulted in her being left single, which is the case for many African-American women that are obsessed with hair. You know, and so what, what, let's talk about what happened after that breakup. So as we saw, she cut her hair. She was so fed up with it, she, she cut it. Now, what's also interesting is what happened in Waiting to Exhale, which I also reference in many shows that I've done. Angela Bassett's character, she found out her husband was cheating, you know, with the white woman. She, she flipped out. What did she do? What's the first thing she did? Right? She went and cut her hair. She wanted to change. She wanted to change her appearance. She cut all her hair off. But what's the second thing that she did? She went out and got smashed off by the guy at the bar. Not Wesley Snipes at the end. A lot of people mistake that. I'm talking about if you really watch Waiting to Excel, she went and cut her hair off and had a one-night stand with a guy that she met in the bar. And unfortunately, that's what many African, well, this is what many women do, period. But today I'm not going to sugarcoat because today we're talking about black women, right? You know, that's what a lot of African-American women do. They come out of a relationship, and they go out and become promiscuous. So if, they've come, if they're coming out of a long-term relationship, they, let's just say they've only had, well, today's society, you, you, know, you don't know what's going on out here, you know, what that number's like. But let's just say 
they might be at five or six sexual partners. You know what I mean? But then they go out after come out of this relationship where they get their heart broken, they just go wild out. They go out on these girls' trips. They go out and, uh, you know, go out to these happy hours. They go out and do different things, and they just start having sex. And that number skyrockets over the course of a year, two years, to 13, to 14, to 15. They're just sleeping with different men, dating, every guy that they, they sleep with. And, and that number just accumulates and accumulates. They're doing different things with their hair. And, they, and before you know it, they are literally a shell. They viewed themselves as great women who thought they should have been married back then. But now after doing all this other stuff, cutting their hair, dyeing their hair, sleeping with all these men, doing all these crazy things sexually, they, they have the audacity to say, well, I'm, you know, now I'm 35, I'm 40. I'm still successful. I'm still independent. I still should be a wife. Like, whoa. You know what I mean? You might have been wifeable back 10 years ago before you wilded out, before you did all these things. But I think that we have to, at some point, take responsibility for the decisions that we make. And that's everybody. A lot of women in today's society don't want to take responsibility for their singlehood you know what I mean? They don't want to look at their sexual number. They don't want to look at their hairstyle. They don't want to look at their personality. They don't want to look at their emotional unavailability. They just want to automatically assume because you're an advertising executive, a banking executive, a teacher, you know, some other type of high-level executive automatically renders you to be, quote-unquote, wifeable, when in reality it does not. Okay. We have, and I'm using this film as an example to show, like I said, in Waiting to Excel, she cut her hair, she, she, she went out and had the one-night stand, same thing Sanaa Lathan did in the film. She went out, chopped all her hair off. What did she do? Her friend said, hey, you should date. You should get back out there. You should embrace your, your bald head. And that's why I have no problem with bald-headed, uh, bald-headed women. You know, but she, she did that. And then she expected these men to just to, to want her. So what did she do? She goes out. And this is the craziest thing in the film. She goes out with the intention of having a one-night stand. She goes out. She meets the white dude. White dude is flirting with her. She gets drunk. You know, he takes her back to the crib. And she's so drunk. She's so, you know, out of it. She bangs his head. Her head into his head, he's bleeding. He's about to smash. She's about to have, allow herself to be, she's hurting because of her ex. She's about to allow herself to be ravaged by a man who doesn't even know her name or care to know her name. But that didn't work out, so she ends up leaving. And she goes to the house or goes to the hospital <laughs> and has the, uh, this is the craziest thing in the whole film. She goes to the thing and, and sees her ex talking to this beautiful woman who looks a million times better than her with that bald head. And I'm just being honest with you. But she sees him talking to her, and she has the audacity to get angry. How are you getting angry at him for being with her and even sleeping with her? Because it was real that, yes, he did sleep with her. When she literally was leaving the house of the white dude that she went there to have a one-night stand with. How, how do you? How does she get mad at him for that? You know, for moving on with his life when she broke up with him, right? She broke up with him. She had these issues. 
she tried to go out and have a one night stand, you know, and, and now she wants to try to guilt trip him from moving on with his life with with a beautiful, most likely emotionally stable woman, I'm certainly more stable than she was at that, at that time. You know, one of the things I said on online was I said there isn't a man on the planet, a respectable man on the planet, that would deal with a woman like her on a serious level. I said that her best bet would to go, be to go get counseling to deal with and heal from her years of emotional and mental abuse uh, that she suffered at the hands of her mother and, uh, and heartbreak and resentment, not to mention her uh, daddy issues that she clearly struggled with. You know, but that is very – I'm glad that the, the film showed that because a lot of – see, here's the thing. A lot of women will go, put themselves into these situations where they, have, you know, they, they you know, do different things with different men, sexual things, but they expect those things not to have consequences. They expect one-night stands. They expect – being a jump off or having friends with benefits to not affect them in their search for a husband. Problem is, and this isn't something that can really be explained in the natural sense, but more in the supernatural sense, the spiritual sense, because what you have to realize is that soul ties are real. So a woman that is actively dating, a woman that is actively being sexual, that is going to leave a stench on you, unlike nothing that you would imagine. That is going to, it's like a skunk spraying you, and then you go into a happy hour. I mean, literally, that's what it's the equivalent of. And so when men see that, when they smell that, you know, it it, it comes out of your pores that tells us, hey, okay, this isn't wifey, but this is someone I can have a good time with, okay? This isn't someone that I'm going to take seriously. Now, yeah, we're gonna, we may play that whole 2018 dating game, you know, where I act like this is going to be something significant, but the reality is I'm just going to get the draws and then keep it moving. If you are tired of that cycle, you have to change up your actions because I would – and that's, what, that's why I've helped many women through private counseling. It's like I help them see that. You know what I mean? I help them you know, identify, one, that they've been sprayed by that skunk, so to speak, but also, two, how to recognize when they are being viewed like they've been sprayed by that skunk. Another thing that I found so, – and I, I don't want to lose – I mean, I'm – Speaking about this stuff from a more general sense, but I really want to focus on hair. I want to be more specific because I don't want this show to go by and people not to understand the significance of hair because it is significant. Be clear about that. It is a big deal. So many women will tell you, they'll say, well, I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, hair is not, it doesn't, what is it? I am not my hair. Yes, that was the India Ari song. Yes, okay. I don't know where India Ari is now. But that song, that line is not, that's going to give you a false sense of security. Let me explain something to you. This is going to be harsh. This is going to not be pleasant. But it's true. Hair is extremely important 
it, it, well, I'll say it is an extremely important piece of the puzzle when a man is determining how he's going to view you and subsequently treat you. You can say it should not be like that. You can say that's not true. I don't care what you say. I don't care what no other man tells you. Listen to what I'm telling you. If a man does not like your hair, you are not going to be wiped up by him. That doesn't mean that someone else won't like your hair, but listen to what I'm saying to you. If the man that you are dealing with does not like your hair, you can say, well, what about her heart? What about her personality? What about her? Listen, you can say all that. I'm not here to debate. I'm just here to keep it real with you. If he doesn't like your hair, he's not wiping you up, period. Now, we can debate, we can fight, or you can listen, and you can make the necessary adjustments. Now, this is not to say that all men like all hairstyles or all men don't like all hairstyles. It's not, I'm not saying that all men like the same things. But I'm just saying if that particular man isn't feeling you and what you're doing with your hair consistently, like you might have a bad hairstyle or a bad trip to the hair salon and Okay, that's for that week or that two weeks or whatever it is. Okay, a man can deal with it. But if you consistently wear weaves and a man has specifically said, I'd never wipe a woman that wears weaves, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, that ain't going nowhere but the bedroom. Okay? Have I ever had a girlfriend? Well, I'm just using me for example. Have I ever had a girlfriend? When I say girlfriend, I mean someone who's met my mother, someone who's been brought to family dinner at, at, at home uh, to meet my family. Have I ever had a woman meet my mother who wore weave in 40 years of life? No, I have not. Have I ever dated or brought a woman home who wore wigs? No, never, not once. Okay? Back in the day, if you asked me, hey, would you ever wife a woman that wore weaves? My answer would be no. Okay? Now, and that's, and that's just me personally. I, don't, I want to be clear, but that's just me personally. However, I also know many men who feel that way, the exact same way. What I can tell you is while people have differences in hairstyle preferences, and be clear about this, there's not a man on the planet who prefers fake hair over real hair. No one, prefer, no, no one prefers fake over real anything. If you have a choice of a, Gucci, a real Gucci bag, real Louis Vuitton, or fake Louis Vuitton, you know, you're going to take the real. Okay? I mean, that's just, you know, if you say, hey, you like fake boobs, you like real boobs. Fake asses are real asses. Every man on the planet is going to say, I like a real ass. I like a real breast. Now, does that mean that, you know, if a man goes to a strip club and, and, you know, he won't be turned on or like looking at, you know, fake breasts or if he's getting a lap dance from someone with a fake ass, it won't feel nice or whatever, you know, or Nicki Minaj or you see him lusting after Nicki Minaj on TV or Beyonce with her fake blonde weave, like will he not find that to be attractive in that particular moment? Of course. But when you many women, they mistake Lust for a man seeking love. Okay, you got you can't don't mistake 
you know, someone showing attraction versus genuine interest. Genuine interest is totally different from just, damn, she looks, damn, she's sexy, or damn, she got a bad, like, that's totally different. No one on the planet that you would want to deal with, like, you should say, hey, look, I'm looking for a Christian man, a good man, you know, a family man. Now, if you're Jay-Z or you're one of these weirdos out here, you know, you wife up Beyonce, you're somebody that, like Safari or, you know, you wife up Nicki Minaj. If, I mean, you're fine. If you're one of those dudes, if that's who you want to be with, then have at it. But no one that you want to be with, if you're a, a respected woman, a Christian woman, and you know what type of man you're looking for, that type of man is not wiping up no Beyonce. That type of man is not definitely not wiping up no Cardi B. Now, Offset, okay, you know what I mean? Okay, he wiped up Cardi B. But do I need to say it? Do I need I say more? You know, Offset. If you want Offset, you want to deal with Quavo or some of these weirdos that call themselves Migos, not the type of man you want. Then you got to switch up your appearance. We live in a society where, you know, Instagram and Snapchat, you know, all these little filters, these ridiculous filters that women are putting on, these dog ears and stars flying around your head and weird glasses. You're thinking that that's going to, you know, make someone say, oh, yeah, that, I want her to be the, the mother of my children. You got to stop this. I mean, at some point, you know what I mean? Like, we see so many of these women going out and projecting themselves in the same manner as these video vixens. Because, and this is where it's really becoming, um, you know, we're seeing false representation. You know, like we're seeing all these Instagram models who are beautiful. Many of them are absolutely gorgeous. But, and they have, you know, 200,000 followers and they put up a picture. They got 100,000 likes. But the guys liking these are liking them for sexual purposes, for lustful purposes. If you want a man to lust after you, then you put up those same types of pictures. If you want a man to love you, you don't have to put up those types of pictures. And hairstyle plays a big part in that. That, that look, 90% of those Instagram models, they have long wigs, long weaves, and then women are emulating that. I mean, it's hard, and I get it. I mean, I'm not a woman, but I see that. It's like if you're a woman, you see a, a beautiful woman with 200,000 followers, and you want that same type of attention, you're probably going to try to do the same types of things. But some of y'all, that's not really what I know you. Like, that's not what you want. See, a lot of these Instagram models, they're putting their desire for love aside and monetizing this stuff. So that's their – they're getting paid for that. They're getting advertisement deals. They're getting, you know, videos, you know, that they're being put in. They're doing all types of stuff. Now, I'm not, not – they're monetizing that stuff. Some of y'all are just regular women on Facebook taking those same types of pictures, trying to get 100 likes, and you're only shooting yourself in the foot because you really want love. That's why I'm like, yo, are you getting paid for that? Like, why are you showing your, your boobs up? Like, what purpose is that serving for you? You getting paid for that? Like, what's going on? So if you go back into the film, you know, if we're looking at, back at Sanaa Lathan here, this was the crazy thing. This is where Tyler Perry popped out of nowhere and said, you know what, let me um, – you know, let me consult for this film. He, let me put my little spin on it, because this, this is the Tyler Perry piece of it. You have this barbershop dude 
the, the salon owner, who seemed like a very good dude, he was a single father, uh, seemed like a really good, hardworking guy, responsible, and he, you know, he you know, saw an, in, took an interest in her. This emotionally damaged woman, walking around bald headed, as you know what I mean, as bar as Kojo, you know, and he he's white. He tried to wife her up. He's taking her on dates. He's doing all types of stuff. And and that. It's, that's just not realistic. You know, and what was even more unrealistic is he's doing all this stuff for her, and she's clearly emotionally damaged with the hair thing, but then clearly he saw it firsthand, but then clearly emotionally damaged with the, uh, the, the situation with her ex. Clearly not over that. And the moment a man sees that, ladies, it's, nothing, it's just sex. That's just what it is. No one is wiping you up. No one is whining and dining. No one is, let's take walks through the park. That's not happening. But in the film, he does all this. And this is the craziest thing that I've seen. He says, or she says, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, she basically pushes him away. And that was I mean, amazing to me. I mean, that's just like, any man will look at that and be like, yo, are you serious? Women like that are a dime a dozen. See, here's the point. Let me just gotta be real with y'all for a second. A lot of women in her situation, it's amazing. They put themselves up on these pedestals. And, so, and I'm really glad this film came out because it's a great example. And if fellas listening to this, you know what I'm saying is true. We see these women every single day. They are literally a dime a dozen. You see these beautiful women with big asses, they keep themselves in shape, you know, they're sexual, but because of, and they're successful, they have these good jobs, they have these, you know, these, these nice profiles, so to speak, and they think in their minds that that makes them, or that gives them the right to have this entitled mentality. But what they don't realize is that, again, and I can't emphasize this enough, those women are a dime a dozen. So what I'm trying to say is, ladies, you having certain things professionally, you know, it does not allow you to be able to dictate how a man treats you. Oh, you got to take me here and you got to just, what the heck do you mean? Why? I mean, just from a, from a logical standpoint, why would a man chase a woman like Sanaa Lathan in that film? When there are literally those types, first of all, Sanaa Lathan is not like, um, you know, this super, 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 super beautiful woman. Like, let's just be clear about that. She's not. I mean, we can act like she is, and we can, but she's not. I mean, she's nice looking, but don't get me wrong. She cut all her hair off. So there's not a man on the planet that's looking at her in that movie and be like, oh, my God, I've got to have her. I've got to have her. Ladies, and, and most likely, and no disrespect to you, but no one is probably looking at you that way based on, based on your looks. I just want to be clear about that because I don't care how – some of y'all look nice. Don't get me wrong. Some of y'all look very nice. But a man is not going to chase you based on your looks, okay? He may chase you for that ass, right? He may chase you for sex, but he's not chasing you for love. And that's where the difference is. A man is going to chase you for sex. We don't chase women for their hearts. Because if we want a woman's heart, we're going to chase a woman who's running towards us, not away from us. We're going to chase a woman who, first of all, we're not going to chase a woman, period. But you get my point. 
we're going to go after a woman where it's more of a um, a natural attraction type of thing. I don't want to chase a woman that's trying to get away. I'm not going to pursue you. I didn't pursue my wife. I didn't chase my wife. It was a, we came together, if you will. So if you are one of these women out here playing games and expecting men to chase you and to sweat you and this and that, or you're heavy, you're long weave, you think that in some way makes you beautiful, it, it, it doesn't. In fact, to be quite, I mean, I got to stop it. It may seem like I'm being real, but I got to stop this sugarcoating, ladies. You got to, I, I mean, I'm sorry. You got to take the weave out, okay? You've got to take the wig off, okay? If we, I, I got to be honest. I don't know when the next time I'm going to do a show talking about hair. You know what I mean? I don't know. So I, I got to be honest with you. Those wigs and the weaves, it, take, it takes away from your beauty. Oh, I mean, it does. It absolutely does. The best women are the women out here who are comfortable embracing their natural hair and their natural beauty. I'm talking about little to no makeup, maybe a little lip gloss, a nice little curly hairstyle, whatever, however you want to do it, whether it's straight or it's curly. Like, that is more beautiful. If you and let me just tell you something. Most of these men, watch this. I'm about to blow your minds real quick. If you're 35 and single, like I'm 40 right now. So if you're 30, you're 40 and single. Most, I mean, you're, you're probably going to be seeking a man who's what, you know, 40, 42 years of age, right? So watch this. When I grew up, Boomerang was was like the the popular movie at that time, right? Who was in that? Halle Berry, who was the main singer that came out around that time? Tony Braxton. If you ask a, historically a 40-year-old man, someone around my age, who most likely that's the kind of guy you're targeting, that's who you want to be found by, you ask him, hey, just quick question. You know, if you could think of the most beautiful woman, there may be a film or a TV show, like where you could think of the most beautiful woman in, that you've seen in your life, like what, what would be an example? I can almost guarantee you they're not going to say Beyonce. They're damn sure not going to say Nicki Minaj. But what they're going to say is, honestly, it's got to be Halle Berry and Boomerang when she came out with that short hairstyle. Okay? They're going to say Tony Braxton from when she came out with that, that short hairstyle. That's who, if you, and I, I mean, if you, even ask, you ask me, they're going to say, watch this, Nia Long and Boys in the Hood. That's who they're gonna they're gonna say. It's not gonna be anybody from the last ten years. I can and promise you that. Okay, they're gonna go backwards. They're gonna go back to who they who stood out as the natural beauty. That's the woman that we grew up saying. You know what? That's who we want to marry. When I get older, I'm gonna marry a woman like that. Nobody was looking. No, we don't go backwards. We don't grow up and then look at someone younger than us and be like, oh yeah. I'm married now, but I wish I wasn't married so I can marry Nicki Minaj. Or no, we go backwards to historically who is that beauty. And my point is, if that, that's a fact, all right, that's what I'm telling you, and you can do your own survey. I guarantee you they're going to say one of those three women, Neil Long, Halle Berry, or Tony Braxton. So why on earth, and even Sinai Lathan, I'll be honest with you, I've seen a lot of Sonales in movies and different things. 
but she looked better in, in, in Napoli ever after. Not when she was bald head like like Boris Kojo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not not that bald, but when that hair started growing back, like whoa! And the fellas, I talked to some men, like whoa, that's that's a good look. Even now, it's still kind of short. That she looks be- the best now that she's ever looked, embracing that natural look. Okay. So why on earth are so many women out here transforming their look to be the exact opposite of what everyone is talking about? I mean, think about it. Don't don't go with the flow. Don't force things. Don't do the opposite. If if you see what we like, if everybody liked Lark Voorhees on Save by the Bell, Nia Long, Halle Berry, Tony Brown, just look like that, and you can't go. Not saying, don't get me wrong, don't not saying you have to look like that, but I'm saying natural that natural beauty is what we still seek. You society has changed. Watch this. Women have changed, but what men seek in a wife. That's, that's never changed. You've never seen men automatically switch up and be like, oh, I don't want that anymore. I don't want someone that looked like Halle Berry and Boomerang. I want somebody who looks like Nicki Minaj. And they're like, what? No. That's never going to happen. Okay? So going back to the barbershop guy, the, the beauty salon owner, she cut him. This is crazy to me. Sonali's character cut him off. You know what I mean? He wanted to be with her. Totally didn't acknowledge a good man, a quality man when she saw him. What did she do? She went back to her ex. This is crazy. This is this is what so many women do. They have the perfect man, but they can't acknowledge that, so they go back to a guy who really didn't want them, who they know isn't right for them, but just to try to get some type of closure or whatever they're hoping to get. And they get the sex. They get what they came for. But as she saw in this film, that that wasn't enough. And she even that, even, the funny thing is, even that, um, I mean, it was weird because they weren't right for each other. They were kind of using each other. She wanted the stability that marriage provided, but he really wanted that, that showpiece. He wanted that trophy, and she was not willing to be that. Like, he wanted her hair to be a certain way. He wanted her to look a certain way. He wanted her to act a certain way for his his, his family. And she just wasn't at a place in her life where that's what, what she wanted to do. So they were, in a sense, using each other for what they wanted. Uh, but So she went back, um, played the good guy that actually wanted her, went back to a guy that really didn't want her, for her, didn't want her for her and who she truly was. Um, and and in reality, and so as you saw in the end, her true personality came out. Her true emotional uh, issues came out, and she ended up by herself. You know, she ended up the guy that she played, the good guy, the salon owner, didn't want her. She messed things up with her ex fiance, who now he didn't want her, and that's where we are right now in today's society. We see a lot of those same women who have messed things up with a couple different relationships, several different relationships, have some one-night stands, have friends with, friends with benefits, but now they are, they're still successful, they're still homeowners, they're executives, 
but they cannot for the life of them figure out why they are single. And, you know, even at the end, she, she they do crazy things. They, 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 she went out at this, you know, this exclusive, this really fancy, uh, you know, uh, engagement, you know, this event, and she just, she jumps into the pool fully clothed. And it was amazing. We had the discussion in the group, and people were saying, like, wow, you know, yeah, she did that, and there was nothing wrong with it. They saw nothing wrong with that. No one saw that as disrespectful to her fiancé and his family. No one saw that as kind of psycho. You know what I mean? No one saw, People think that, that, that that type of stuff is okay and will, and will not leave you single forever. That's a problem. Many of you may remember a show I did a few months ago, maybe even last year around this time, on Girl Trip. You know, how a lot of women, you know, they go out and they act crazy and they do these things, they take these trips and do all these things that they feel like will not affect them going forward, like swinging from, you know, <laughs> what is it, like a bungee cord, you know, peeing on a crowd, like that whole scene with, with Jada Pinkett, which was probably the most vulgar thing that I've ever seen in a film, but they think that that type of stuff is okay. Having one night stands or, you know, a million miles away from home with somebody, a total stranger, but then they have the audacity to say, wow, you know, I want a good Christian, God-fearing man. Like, what? You were just getting drunk with your girl. I'm not judging, but I'm just saying that there are, there are, you know, there are consequences. If you cut off all your hair, if you do you know, crazy things, you can't in good conscience expect someone to be like, okay, yeah, I still want you to be the mother of my, my children. I still want you to be my wife. I still want to introduce you to my mother. You know, a lot of women say, well, you know, you, you can't judge. Like we're having this discussion right now over in the group right now. It's still going on. You know, people are talking about, you know, the, the meme was, uh, and this is the craziest thing. It was, the meme was a picture of Corinne Stephens. A.K.A. Superhead, you know. I mean, who is has become infamous, not famous, but infamous for her head game. Now, you say the the meme said this woman is successful. She's beautiful. You know, is she wifeable? But she has a high high number of sexual partners. Is she wifeable? And a lot of the, every single man on the thread, except I think one, maybe I think Tariq, you know, <laughs> said that she's not. Now here's, and I just want to talk about this for a second. This is a very slippery slope for me in particular, because of what I do for a living. I am a counselor, I'm a life coach. I help many women, and have helped many women, as you know, who have had promiscuous pasts. You know. They have made mistakes emotionally, sexually, different things. You know, and I, I've helped the, with, with the healing process, you know. And so I would never say, because I do everything from a Christian perspective, I would never say that God cannot heal someone. I would never say that God cannot change someone. I would never say that because of your past you are destined to be single for I would never, I will never and have never said anything like that. Okay, 
What I have said is that God can change, God can heal, and he's the only person that can heal. So, yes, if someone changes, you know, if someone gives their life to God, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and he's made her sins white as snow, as the Bible speaks of, then absolutely he will bring a man into her life who will love her for her regardless of her past. Absolutely. But that's not necessarily what the meme is talking about. That's not what I'm talking about when I look around. See, what we have is that we have women. Watch this. See, this is what nobody wants to talk about. We're not talking about the women who've given their lives to Christ and have have become new creatures, right? That's not what we're talking about. That's not what the meme is is referencing. This particular meme is, is talking about Corinne Stephens, Superhead. What did Jada say? Was it Jada? I met a girl named Superhead. She gave Superhead. You know what I mean? Like, she's infamous in the hip-hop community. And many women are infamous in their community for doing all types of things. So part of this story is that you have to actually change, Right? You have to actually give your life to God. You have to actually become that new creature. See, women want to go out here and go to college, let these dudes run trains, sleep around, be promiscuous, live a, you know, come back from college, get their own bachelorette crib, have these dudes over, get smashed up on the weekends, have a friend with benefits, go out with a girlfriend, take girl trips, have sex with Jamaican dudes. You know what I mean? They want to do all these things and still want to be found by a man who will disregard their past while they still are in the midst of this lifestyle. And that is what's unrealistic. You guys see the difference there. It's totally different if you are a Christian woman, a, a woman who's been made new, you know what I'm saying, from giving her life to God, and you're taught, your whole lifestyle is different. But if you are still going out to the clubs, you're just still taking these quote-unquote girls' trips, you're still wearing the weave. You're still having sex. You still got the friend with benefits. No one, that, that's when men really start to examine your past. See, here's the thing. It's kind of like if you've got bad, that's going to be a great analogy. If you've got bad credit, okay, you've got bad credit. While your credit is bad, nobody wants to give you credit cards. Nobody wants to give you loans. Nobody wants to give you car notes while your credit is bad. But if you just go away and you just don't do anything with credit, you just, you know, work on your credit, you save up, you pay some stuff off, after about 10 years, it's really seven years, but let's just say you take 10 years and you do everything right, all that negative stuff, it goes away. Why? Because you've changed your lifestyle. You've changed your spending habits. You've changed your saving habits. You've changed your credit habits. So all that bad credit falls off. So now because totally different person, the banks will start messing with you again. The mortgage company will start messing with you again. You can get a loan. You can get a credit card. You can get a car note. Why? Because you've changed. You've actually changed. Your credit has actually changed. You see the difference there? If you catch it, again, a lot of women, if you, if you catch the analogy, a lot of women are living life with bad credit, so to speak. You know what I mean? They're still out there living that lifestyle that is not indicative of being a wife. 
So that's what happens. But once you change, so my point, so to all the people in that particular thread, there's two different types of women. Yes, your your past can be accepted. I'm not going to say it can be overlooked. It's never overlooked. No one just doesn't care. Oh, I'm just going to overlook. I'm not going to look at it. I'm going to skip past it. No, no, no. A man wants to know, yo, did you let niggas run trains on you? you know, have, have you had two penises in your mouth? And what, like, we want to know that. You know, am I going to be walking down the street and, and come in contact with people who know you or who have been with you? There's not a man on the planet who doesn't care about that. But if you are different, if you are truly changed, then that can be accepted. You know what I mean? Not by me, not by, you know what I mean? But by certain people who, you know what I mean? Like, seriously, I'm not, and that's no disrespect to anyone. But everyone has preferences. Like, I use the, the, the analogy of, of Ray Carruth. Somebody said on the, on the thread, he said, well, you know, you, can't, you wouldn't wipe up her and this and that. You, shouldn't be, you should be able to look past her past. I said, well, you, Ray Carruth just got out. He conspired to have his his child's mother killed. So, but he he did his time. Who knows if he's changed or not? But he's done his time. It's been years. Should you, would you overlook him? He got kind of quiet on the thread after that. You know, if somebody says, "Hey, look, I used to be a, a, a homosexual, but through prayer and God delivering me, I've given my life to Christ. I no longer have homosexual desires." You know, is would you? I mean, that's fine. I was molested as a child. You know what I'm saying? But I, I've been healed from that. Would you? Would you date that person? I'm willing to bet out of a hundred women, women, ninety-five would say no. I would not date that man. Why? He's given his life to God. He's you know what I mean? he's changed. He no longer has homosexual thoughts. Now you ain't feeling that. Just like you ain't getting pregnant by Ray Kavu. So my point is that it's not wrong for a man to have similar standards. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to judge you like me personally. I don't judge women who have promiscuous past. But personally, you know what I mean? Like just me, I would never date a woman with children. But that's the, I don't I don't have a problem with single mothers. I never had, you know. But personally, me, I wanted the experience of children to be shared for the first time with my wife and I. And there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean that I that uh, uh, there will not be a man who will have no problem accepting you and your children or child. So, and and, and I I wanted to touch on that because I feel like all of these things are linked together. I feel like I, a lot of times when we're talking about hair, a lot of women have been conditioned to believe that their hair defines them, and this will be unpopular. But the reality is. A lot of these women who are wearing wigs and weaves, they're not doing it because they, and, I, and be clear, I used to own a hair salon. Like you, it's still up. The pay you can get some check. Just Google TRC Hair Studio. I used to own. I opened up a, a a hair salon from scratch. I did a lot of research on wigs and weaves and different hair products. So I know I am a hair salon owner. I know all about it. So. Be clear, a lot of women who came in there, they were not coming in there for because of the fact that they liked the way these styles looked, but they were going after a certain look that someone famous 
was wearing at that time. Whether it was Beyonce, whether it was Megan Good or whoever else with these Nicki Minaj, these colors and these different, they're emulating something. And what I try to teach women is, hey, embrace you because there's only one you. There's a million Nicki Minaj's and Beyonce's out there, and they're not even the most sought-after women. If you really want to be, if I'm really being honest, see, this is where it becomes uncomfortably real. A lot of these men out here are not dating outside of their race. They are, excuse me, they are dating outside of their race, but they're not doing it for the reasons that you think. You see, a lot of these, everyone gets mad, oh, he's marrying a white woman. Oh, why has he got to have this exotic woman? You know what I'm saying? Oh, these, these, these black men, once they get successful, once they get rich, they go out and get these women of other races. The reality is this. They're not doing it because they hate black women. They're not doing it because then they don't like the way black women look. But there's this unfortunate trend amongst black women are trying to look like they're white. They're trying to look like they're Asian. They're trying to look like they are Spanish, getting the light eyes, blue contacts, fake this, fake that. And, be, and so when you get to a certain level of status, when you get to a certain level of money, for many men, it's not or say, hey, look, it's like when you when you're a millionaire, you win that Powerball, you win that Mega Million, you're not going to get a, a used car. You're not. They used to call the Chrysler 300 when it when it came out the baby Bentley. Remember that? So that's the baby Bentley. Well, guess what? When you become a millionaire, you don't get the baby. You don't get a Chrysler 300, the baby Bentley. You go out and get the Bentley. Right? I mean, that's just what you do. You don't, you don't, when you have options, you get the best. That saying that women of other races are better than black women, absolutely not. In my opinion, black women are the best. But my thing is, a man is going to get what he truly wants. In my opinion, what every black man wants is a beautiful black woman. But when it becomes, when it gets to a point where Finding a real black woman who embraces her real natural beauty, when you when it gets to a point where that's like finding a needle in a haystack because everybody their mom is is rocking some type of fake piece about them, it's not. You know what I mean? It's like you know what? I'm just gonna go out and get somebody else, whether she's Dominican, whether she's Spanish. Now that's not to say that they don't wear their they don't wear weaves. That's not to say white women don't wear weaves. But I think we all can realize that. You know, it's not as relied so heavily upon in other communities as it is in the black community. You know what I mean? Most white women are not going out here every week or every two weeks getting wigs and weaves put into their hair. They're not. We can try to act like that's what's going on. These Puerto Rican, these Spanish women, these Asian women, they're not doing that. When you see them, it's more of a natural look to them, and that's what these men are seeking. Now, that's not to say that you can't find that in, amongst our own people. I did it. I found a wife who embraces her natural beauty. So what I'm saying is it's, it's very possible, but depending on the men, a lot of them, they don't feel like waste, you know, dealing, putting that time in to find that needle in a haystack. They want to go where it's more, a little bit more accessible. That's the, now, that's the real reason. That's the unpopular reason. I'm just, I don't care. Like, y'all know me. I don't care about the popularity. I don't care about the hate mail and people get, 
I'm just going to be honest with you. That's the real reason that black men are dating outside their race, period. Because we can always find a great personality. Race doesn't determine personality. You know what I'm saying? So if, I mean, you can find a, a nice Asian woman, a nice black woman, but it's about the physical. Where can we find the physical to go? Uh, the physical that we're seeking to go along with that great personality. And and once we find that, we put the pieces together, and that's what it is. So my my advice to kind of you know close this out. My advice, if you are an African American woman who's single and seeking love and seeking you know, um, a husband, just, just be beautiful. I believe like everyone is beautiful in their, in their own way. Find a look that works for you. You know what I mean? And it, see, there's, I believe it, and see, here's, let me be clear about this. In my opinion, I, I'll just say me personally, I'm not going to speak for all men, but me, I have never put braids into the same category as I've put wigs and weeds to me. And I've talked, I've had specific conversations with black men about this. Braids are more of a natural looking thing. You know, you have a nice braid style, um, like the box braids or like something braided into the scalp, a nice cute stuff. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. That is, no one will look at you. I mean, even though technically it is fake hair, uh, but it's not, perceived in the same manner as if you go out and get some type of blonde wig or blonde weave. That is going to be looked at totally, totally different. Okay? And, I, and the saddest thing is I've seen so many beautiful women with nice hair that it's like you don't even need that in. Like, why do you even have that in? You know what I'm saying? Most likely if you've been wearing a weave for uh, for, for years, many months, then you probably, your hair is probably a nice length you could probably get a nice little style, and you don't even realize how much more beautiful you'd be looked at, you know, because of that. A lot of women have said to me specifically, well, you know, Dana, I wear the weave because I like to change it up, and, you know, the hair, uh, what do you call it, the hair uh, um, protection and this and that. I mean, I can't, I, mean, I can speak on it. Like I said, I know about hair products. I used to be a salon owner. I get it. I understand that certain things damage hair, certain chemicals, but I mean, I don't know how to say. These men are not filling these weeds. Men are not filling these fake hairstyles. So y'all can keep wearing them if you if you like, but I will go to the club, I you know the the gym, wherever else where men congregate, and we're all having these same conversations that unfortunately women are not privy to, and they're all saying the same thing. I have I know men who have said specifically, man, I gotta go out to the Dominican Republic. I gotta go out to the Spanish community to find a find a good woman because all these women out here rocking these weeds, and I ain't feeling that. Sh-. That's what they're saying. Like so, if you hear me saying this, and y'all still want to go out and wear the, the 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 very things that men are saying that they absolutely can't stand, and they would never wipe up a woman who wore something like that, and you still want to do that, that's perfectly fine. But that's what men are saying. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, the, the film, like I said, the film was a good film. Um, like I said, I enjoyed Sanaa Lathan and, and just about all the movies she's in, Disappearing Acts, all those other films that she's in. She's a great actress, um, beautiful woman. But I, I got to be honest with you. 
I've never seen her look better than she did three quarters of the way through uh, uh, this, this this film, you know, with that short hairstyle, but was still it was growing in, got to be a nice little length. That was very attractive on her. Even some of the interviews, like even Issa Rae, who is not like, you know what I mean, like the, the most attractive woman to me, but I was just telling my wife, I said, wow. I said, we watched that show. I said, wow, she, she, oh, she has some really nice natural hairstyle. Like, if you watch that show, every single episode, she has a really cute, you know, natural hairstyle that works for her. Now, would I ever date someone that looked like that or wore those types of – probably not, me personally. But you know, if you're into – if like, if you find her attractive as a man and you, you know what I mean, like natural hair, like, she has very nice – she has a very nice look that works for her. So – you know what I mean? That That's what my goal would be. You don't see her wearing wigs and weaves just because she has short hair. You don't see her throwing a wig on top of that. No, just she's wearing styles that work for her, and it, it works for her. So I'm going to get ready to wrap it up. I uh, thank you all for listening in, man. Um, I'm still – This is. let me tell you this. I'm still doing the life coaching, relationship counseling. Call me, 855-55-DAYDON. Schedule your free 30-minute session. Uh, email me, askdaydon at gmail.com. Um, this is that time of year where my phone starts blowing up because, uh, you know, nobody wants to be single around the holidays. It gets lonely. It gets cold out. So call me, email me, and um, join the list of women who have, uh, you know, found love. So thank you all for listening in, and I will see you all next time. Lean on his wisdom if you feel
Come 